This episode of The Citadel Cafe is brought to you by listeners like you. Visit patreon.com slash the Citadel Cafe to find out how you can become a patron and help make this show possible. This is the Citadel Cafe, episode number 400 for Wednesday, April 14th, 2021. My name is Joel Duggan, and the Citadel Cafe is where my friends and I have been hanging out and talking about geeky stuff for nearly 10 years. And I am thrilled to be sharing episode 400 with Lou, busy zombie lord and all the social media that matters. And of course, co-host of Zombies Ate My Podcast with friend of the show, Ryan Murphy. Hello, sir. Hi. This is normally where we insert a joke about either how long it's been since we've talked or uh how long you've been on the show but it actually is quite fitting that we're doing episode 400 and you and i i think are the regular co-hosts that have been on the show the longest together i definitely think that's correct yeah there's been a couple people kind of brought in and there's there's a nice rotation of four now but i I feel like out of everybody currently on the show and actually in over the show's history uh you and i have done the most episodes together that makes sense I mentioned this on the Spawn Chunks podcast, the other show that I do all about Minecraft, but uh, there is a search function on the website. I don't know how much traffic the Citadel Cafe website actually gets because it's obviously it's a podcast, but uh, I do add things to show notes every week. If you if you want links to the things that we talk about, I do post them on, on the website and there's a search function. And I also tag everything in the WordPress like tag function. So if you're looking for a show, a topic, a co-host, a guest, an interview, whatever, you can actually search for it on the website. And rather than trying to comb through 400 episodes, it'll give you the episodes like, oh, we talked about that on like episode 52 or whatever. Uh, it's it's how uh, I look up whether I've talked about a show on the podcast before, because I don't remember. <laughs> I think like, mm, that's a nerdy show. We've probably talked about it, but I don't remember when. And I have to then look it up on my own website as to, as to when it happened. Um, but I, I don't have a lot of... Um, really news to talk about because i've just i've been busy with just work and and other things the last few weeks uh however a satisfactory update for which i've mentioned on the show a couple of times is now available on early access that came out yesterday so they had the experimental build come out on march 16th and they had cited april 13th as their target for the early access build so this is the more stable refined build they've made some adjustments some balance balance adjustments to the different features in the game whatnot so if you uh, prefer to run early access uh if you want to have your mods running if you uh want to continue your existing early access build as i do you can now load that up without worry in the new early access uh, version of the game now obviously you want to make up make a backup of your save before you open up in the early access just in case um, but I find myself in a rock and a hard place. Um, I underestimated the time <laughs> that it was going to take to get to the update for content. So I started this new playthrough, invested a bunch of time into it, and I did get to some new content and I learned some new things. So it wasn't a complete loss. But now that update four is in early access, I have a much larger, much uh, deeper save uh, that I'm going to be returning to. And uh, I feel like I'm an abandoning this this other save. It's it's something that I have an issue with with building games. It's the same thing that I did with Skyblock in Minecraft, some modded stuff in, in Minecraft. You just invest so many hours in these things only for them to be either something that you lose interest in or something you don't have time for anymore. Um, I can absolutely find time to play Satisfactory. I can't play two different saves. Like I just feel like I'm dividing my attention and, and getting mm-hmm. nowhere in, in either uh, in either save. Do you, do you play any games like that where like there's a time investment, but then you, you know, like if you do it again, you kind of feel like, well, why am I doing this again? Shouldn't I do something new? Okay. So I will say this recently I have, I've played through Stardew Valley now like three times. Nice. And every time they do the, an update, which they do an update like every six months to a year, they add a ton of new content. Uh, and whenever the new content gets added, some of it affects stuff early in the game. Some of the stuff is affected late in the game. And I always end up going, well, time to build a new farm. And I start all over again. So right now I'm playing, a, a, I started 
my last playthrough when I knew the up new update was coming. So I got about halfway through building my 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 farm when the update hit and it all just carried over and I was right where all the new stuff is. So I was like, oh good. So I can go to, there's an island you can go take a boat to to go and explore now. And I'm doing that and I'm going back to my farm and I'm like, okay, that's great. And then in the meantime, uh, I have a bunch of friends that are playing and started a farm online. So you, they're playing together. And so I'm playing with them. And to do that, you have to create another new character and you're on another new farm, but you're playing multiplayer with other people. And so I feel like when I play Stardew Valley now, I'd rather just go play the multiplayer with my friends than go back to my old farm. Yeah, I. it's funny that you mentioned Stardew Valley because I've owned it for a while. I've, I haven't installed since Christmas, but I've not pulled the trigger to get into it. Uh, I, I just, I'm outside of Minecraft when it comes to games that invest this kind of time i kind of want some sort of visual reward <laughs> and uh i like pixel art but I, I don't know if stardew valley is really something i'm in the mood for right now um, but pixel riffs uh johnny my co-host on the sponge chunks is a big fan of stardew valley and he started a brand new playthrough uh he's calling it like 100 percenting stardew valley uh as of the new the new updates yeah and so he, he's been doing that live on on his twitch channel uh, which is pixel risk for those that are not aware. And um, he's really been enjoying it. He, he's, he, he's been, we've been talking about it in the render distance, the extended version of, of spawn chunks for our patrons. And he's really been, been digging the new update. Yeah, the new update, uh, this update and the last update, they've really done uh, a lot of, a lot of stuff to make the game smoother. Um, there was stuff that was artificial kind of that made the game take longer. Like you have to make iron bars and copper bars to make things for your farm. And those sort of things, like if you wanted a, a gold bar, it would take almost an entire day in a furnace to make a gold bar. And now they've made it so it's like four hours of in-game time, which is like maybe an hour of game time. And then boom, you have a gold bar instead of like, like, I'll guess tomorrow I'll have a gold bar. And instead it's like in an hour I'll have a gold bar. And so they've done some stuff like that. Uh, some other things have changed. Like I said, they've added a they've added an island that you can go and explore. And the island is like its own little adventure. Like it 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 it, it, it it's it's very different. And everything on the island operates differently than the rest of the game. It it has a steep has a little bit of a learning curve, but it's interesting. You know, with Satisfactory, it's not that the gameplay is slow. It's that as a perfectionist, I make it slow. Like if I wanted belts everywhere and just to have things be just thrown around helter-skelter, I probably could have got a lot farther in Update 4 on the Metroplex playthrough that I've been sharing on stream the last few weeks uh, if I didn't want it to look tidy. And I, I, can't, I can't turn that switch off. I tried and it drove me crazy. And yep. as a result, like I go in to do something in satisfactory, I think, oh yeah, that'll take an hour. No, no, no. Three hours later and I've completed like half of what I set out to do. Um, yep. I, well, and I say that it's the same with Minecraft. Like, I mean, I'll go to build a, a house or something in Minecraft in my medieval town and it's the same thing. I'll think that this will be something I can do in one stream and it takes three, you know? Yep. Yeah. I, uh, I've played so much Stardew Valley that when I play with new people, like I've been playing with my friends and they, they build a farm. I need everything. I lay out everything in a certain way, in a certain order. So I can maximize. It takes less steps for me to go here, collect this, put it in the bin so that I can make money the next day mm -hmm. and then do whatever. And my friends are like, Hey, I'm going to just go put this thing on the other side of the map. I'm like, why did you put that over there? Now we have to travel the entire length of the farm to go get that apple off a tree. And they're like, well, it means that we get to walk around, around the farm. And I'm like, no, I don't want to walk around the farm. <laughs> yeah. I already know where everything is. Why didn't you put it next to the house? And then we only have to take four steps and get the apple and then put it in the bin. And they're like, yeah, but it's more fun to... And I'm like, oh... This is why I this is why I do things my own way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, I mean, that said, uh, in in Minecraft anyway, there's a lot of like redstone farms and automation that you can hook up. And a big thing online tends to be people that are designing these farms that will either have like a maximum yield or the 
the most efficient use of space and or your time or whatever that happens to be. And uh, very often that tends to mean that you have to build the farm the same way that everybody else has built it if you want that result. Yep. Uh, I like to split the difference. And so I like to say like, look, it's a small server. Most of the time it's just me playing. Or if it's a, if it's a farm I'm not sharing with everybody, it's only just me using it. So yeah. I don't need it to pump out like 3000 sugarcane an hour or whatever. I mean, I'm exaggerating, but it doesn't, it doesn't have to be that kind of crazy. Um, and so what I like to do is I think, okay, well, here's the mechanic that this farm uses. If I tweak it or if I separate it, or if I make it so that it's, um, pods of three or whatever like that, I can make it look cool. Maybe make it into a, you know, turn it into a building that looks good on the street or work it into my existing playthrough somehow. And as a result, it's less efficient, but I, it's more fun for me. It's more of a design challenge. It looks better in the end. It doesn't look like a big old blob of like redstone, you know, automation. You can make yeah. it look like a farmhouse or you can make it look like a, a, a sheep farm or whatever it is that you want to do. And, and I find that stuff more fun. Um, but yeah, I'm with you. Like I, I very much prefer efficiency in those, in these kind of games, like for satisfactory, you know, like I'm, th I'm always thinking about like, where is the, like the factory that's building the plates when all the plates are done and being shot out the end of the building, which end of the building am I shooting them out of? Because I need to think about what they're being used for. So right. am I building things that they are needed for south or west? If I'm building those things west, I should send the plates west, not south. You know, like I should change the direction of the construction inside the building so that it's more efficient as it goes down the line. That's how, I mean, just like you with the apples, like that's how I think. Yeah. It, 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 so definitely there's been a learning curve playing with new people. I'm like, oh, that's right. I'm not just building things the way I want them anymore. Well, and that's that's been a fun exercise for me on the Citadel, the server that I play Minecraft on. And and I want to be a big, big old asterisk. This is by no means a shot at any of my server mates. You're all super, super fun. But I am a perfectionist and I have been in the past an art director professionally uh, on projects and uh, I can get sort of like my way about things, especially when it comes to visual stuff, any kind of visual mm -hmm. building or, or creation, I can kind of get at the helm a little bit too much. And so starting a multiplayer server where people have all kinds of walks of life, they're creative and fun, but they're not necessarily artists. You know, uh, they have all these kind of different goals, different aesthetics, different favorite blocks, different colors. And while we have some guidelines on the server, which is like, you know, check with your neighbor before you build a giant castle in their front yard, like that kind of a thing. Essentially, it's been a really good exercise in, in creativity for me to play the game. Yes. And which is, I wasn't planning on there being a, you know, a wizard tower or a, um, a, a, a giant purple you know, purple farm in that location, but I didn't stick a flag in the sand and say, I want to build something here. So therefore when right. somebody else gets there first, they, you know, th they can, they can do, do what, what they, they want. want. And it's, and again, it's never bad. It's, it's always, and I can, and I can tell because it's just like, ah, that wasn't be my first choice. But then my, I have to talk to myself and be like, Joel, <laughs> like just calm ease down, up, ease up. <laughs> it's fine. Like you're not the only person playing here. It's not your world. It's right. everyone's world. And I mean, now granted, everyone that's on the server is friends of mine, uh, outside of a couple that's just distance. Uh, I, I can poke them all in the arm. Like they're mostly local. Um, yeah. so there are, there, they are all people I know. And so when they're on the server or when they were invited to the server, I trust that they're not going to be dinguses and just build obnoxious stuff everywhere and, right. and all that kind of stuff. And everybody's really courteous and helpful and fun and friendly. And so again, it's not one of those things. And I feel like I've, I've just used two examples by the same server mate so i don't want to feel like they're single being singled out because it's not the case um yeah i i just it's one of those things that can and it's led to good developments where like well someone's built something here that i then have to either work around or connect to and it's provided me with some cool design challenges you know like oh mm -hmm. i was going to run this thing down to another village and then somebody else built something there and or there's a uh, an offshoot to a different area that's got all kinds of different colors and I have to make sure that my build kind of like meshes with theirs. And so that kind of stuff has been, has been really fun and, and challenging. Um, it's been, it's been really cool 
in the new area that I'm, that I'm building, and I'm sorry if this has been in Minecraft chat, it's been on my brain a lot. Um, I understand. Yeah. It's, so I've been on this same area since October. It's the medie the medieval zone on the server. So everything, yep. and this is, and this is one of the things that we've, that, you know, we've decided to do is that while everybody can build in this area, there is an established theme. Like, so in the modern city, you're building sky rises and modern looking stuff. There's no castles there. And then vice versa in the medieval area, like you're supposed to be building things that look like they're from the medieval fantasy kind of idea. Right. We, we left it medieval fantasy in case people want to build like, you know, elven castles or floating islands or just, you know, keep it imaginative and fun. Right. Um, now I, ex except for Megan, uh, co-host on, on this show, I'm the only person that's been building in this, in this town. So I'm getting spoiled <laughs> because it's a huge area. And I'm so far, I'm, I'm really the only person that's been building there. And, uh, it's, it's been really fun. It almost feels like a single player experience, uh, yeah. because it's just, I, I, I'm basically only looking at my la latest build and thinking like, well, what do I want to build next to this? If I need to move it, if I need to do anything, then I'm the one that has complete control over this particular area. So right. it, it's, um, it's nice in that way. And in that light, uh, I can point people towards a new YouTube channel, Joel Duggan VODs. I am now and have been downloading, um, my archive from Twitch, uh, as a affiliate on Twitch. I, I think they stay up for eight weeks. So there's videos being published to this new YouTube channel that are no longer available on, on Twitch. And so you can actually see the development of this area from the first potato farm that I built back in November on through to what will eventually be new and current updates. Like as I stream on a weekend, I'll be publishing the VODs the following week on, on the channel. I just, I don't have time to do edited content right now. Mm -hmm. But as a content creator, I really need to be on YouTube and I, I'm not looking for tons and tons of followers or like, I'm really not looking for any kind of, um, goal other than just like maybe some YouTube algorithm, um, just getting my builds in front of people to drive them back to the Twitch channel. Like, Hey, here's right. the, here's the VOD. If you want to be here live, come hang out on the weekend. Uh, cause I'm trying to grow, I'm trying to grow the, the channel. And so, yeah. If anybody that's listening wants to go drop a follow uh, or a subscription, I guess on on YouTube, that would be helpful because I don't have the vanity URL yet. It's I don't have enough followers. It's only got like three or four. But uh, I've been uploading, but I've not really been like really advertising the channel much. It's more more of an archive, as much for me as it is for anything else. Um, so uh, it's Joel Duggan VODs. It should be searchable, uh, and the link is going to be as well on youtube.com slash Joel Duggan, which is my regular channel, but I've not updated any edited content on YouTube since like November of 2019. Um, again, the, the amount of time that goes into editing a let's play video, like I just, I just don't have time to do it. It's just not my full-time gig. Um, I talked about this last week on the show. I, I am not complaining. Uh, there are definitely worse things than being busy when you're an entrepreneur, uh, so again, not, not at all complaining about it, but it's been an adjustment in a professional identity as to where my time is going mm -hmm. and it's all going to important things. I don't fluff off, you know, during the day, but it's been eye opening how little time I have for some creative endeavors, uh, with other creative endeavors, kind of like pulling to the forefront of, of what's happening. So, um, but anyway, that was a long, a long kind of sidebar <laughs> on what I'm doing in, in Minecraft. Um, as far as what I've been doing on the small screen this week, because I don't see myself returning to a big screen anytime soon. I don't know about you, um, but I've been watching The Winter Soldier. Uh, I, I want to save, I think, a really in-depth conversation for when the season is finished and we can look at episodes four, five, and six together. However, <laughs> I would be remiss if I didn't fire a big old, I told you show about John Walker <laughs> into the ether this week, because uh, I watched episode four spoilers for anybody that hasn't seen it or doesn't want some John Walker storyline spoilers. I haven't looked ahead. So I've been staying off the internet as far as the subject of John Walker's storyline goes, because there are people that have read the comics and know where that character is going or could go. And I don't want those ideas kind of in my my head while I'm watching the show. Um, but he snapped, took the super soldier serum that he captured from, uh, the, the, the girl that they've been chasing and murdered a member of the flag smashers. while half of Latvia, 
uh, was filming it on social media with their cell phones. Like, <laughs> big oops. <laughs> the only thing I know about the next episode is Disney did put out a trailer. And there's nothing in the trailer that isn't in the episode except for one thing. And it shows John Walker walk into like what looks like like a, like a warehouse. And then out of the shadow steps Bucky. And then out of the shadow steps Sam. And they're like, yeah, you got to give us that shield. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's the And John goes, oh, so we're going to do this, huh? And they're like, yeah, it's come time. And then that's the that's the only part of the trailer that, that that's not a prior episode thing. And I'm like, well, I guess it means we're going to get a fight in the next episode. Not that I didn't see that coming. Yeah. But like, there's only three, two more episodes left. So like, there's, yeah, they, there's, there's two more episodes left and there's rumored to be a cameo coming in the next episode. That is somebody else is going to be joining the cast and that nobody knows who it is. And I, the the rumor is that it's going to be um, Thunderbolt Ross is going to show up. Is the rumor I've heard? Hmm. Oh, the is that general? Is that that's, that's Betty? That's Betty Ross. Betty, Betty Ross's dad, right? Yeah, he's the he's he was in uh, uh, Avengers: Civil War. He's the one that started the Akovia, Sokovia Accords and took away, uh, told Captain America he couldn't fight anymore unless he got permission from the government. Played oh, by right. John John Hurt. John Hurt. Rumor right. is, yeah, j- j- rumor is he might be making a cameo before the season is out. Interesting, interesting. Because I, I I'm still not clear on the Winter Soldier, because the Falcon is sorry. I shouldn't say the Falcon. I'm still not clear on the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I wish they had chosen a shorter name for the show. Yep. Um Because I can't talk about the characters in the show and the show separately in the same conversation without mentioning their names like six times. Yep. Yep. Um, but with, with regards to Sam being an Avenger, I'm like, I still find it because of the way the show is structured, because there's no other Avengers around. I feel like I get confused at the who's he's working for. Like I forget that he's, he's an working, Avenger, right? He's an Avenger, but he's working for the air force right now. Cause they doesn't look like there are any Avengers right now. Right. Right. But, but this is the thing, like there's no Avengers right now, but that's only because, I mean, Cap went back in time. Um, Black Widow died. But as far as everyone knows, like Hulk, sorry, Iron Man died, but like Hulk, Thor's off world, Hulk's still around. Uh, who else is around? Hawkeye should still be around, but I mean, he's yep. getting his own show. Um, yeah. But I, like, I guess, I guess you're right. Like I, but there was, because it would be sad they didn't do a great big old Avengers disbanded, you know, segment in the movie. Right. You know, because it would really be, it would bum people out. I mean, that I have a hard time with Endgame anyway. I find it a sad film because like it's, it's the end of things. You know, we also yep. have, you also have the real world um, sad problem that of course Chadwick Boseman has, has passed away. So like yeah. there's all kinds of stuff that, um, that I find kind of like confusing about it. Um, in, in a way it's fine because, I don't need to know, but as you're trying to tie it to other things, and I guess I'm trying to tie it to other things at the same time, I'm not deep diving on the internet, which I, I won't do until the show's over. And then I might have some yeah. better, you know, more enlightenment. But I, I'm going to make a prediction now, though. And that is, uh, oh gosh, I'm blanking on her name. Who's the blonde agent? The the blonde one that helped um, uh, the, uh, uh, Carter? The, her last name's Carter. Carter. What's her yeah, first name? Yeah, because she's Peggy's niece. Yeah, Peggy's niece. Um. Sharon, Shannon, Sharon, 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 Sharon Carter, Sharon. Yeah. Sharon Carter. She's the kingpin of, um, she's the power broker, the power broker. 100%. I'm calling that now. As soon as she got introduced and she, and, and, and whatnot, the internet is pretty much all saying if she's not the power broker, then the power broker is a moron. The, the other, the other rumor that's floating is that she might not be the power broker, but the power broker might be the kingpin. Oh, interesting. I never thought That's about the that. other rumor I've heard. Because outside of the Daredevil Netflix series, we've not seen the Kingpin in any canon. Yep. And um, I, I don't know if you know this, but uh, Spider-Man No Way Home, it's rumored that, uh, what's his name from Daredevil in the 
uh, Daredevil TV show, will be reprising his role as Daredevil in the new Spider-Man movie. Oh, nice. That's or cool. he's going to at least show up as... Uh, like a cameo? Charlie, he's going to show up as um, uh, uh, the lawyer, at least. Right. So it's and, uh, Matt Murdock and Charlie Cox Matt- is the actor. Yeah, I, I get the, I get their names mixed up, but yeah, it, Matt Murdock is supposed to make an appearance of some kind in uh, Spider-Man, and it's supposed to be Charlie Cox playing him again. Uh, oh man, can you imagine if if they if Marvel Disney can get Charlie Cox and a Daredevil thing off the ground? Like, I understand that I love the Daredevil series on Netflix, and I know that it's darker, and I know that it's meant to be grittier, and it's not. It's by no means something that Disney would necessarily do in the same vein as the Avengers, but I, w- I would love, especially if it's like a, because it's not, it didn't get anywhere on Netflix or it got either canceled or they wrapped it up. I can't remember which, uh, the, the, the deal with Netflix came to an end right? and Marvel and Marvel chose not to renew the contract. Right. So because they want to, uh, there, there was, I forget how it's worded, but anything that was TV related with Marvel was owned by some other guy who owned a bunch of shares in Marvel. And the only way for for Disney to get control of the TV stuff was to let the Netflix deal lapse and not renew it. Right. Well, it's a really complicated, stupid situation. Well, I'm hoping that Daredevil comes back to Disney Plus because that would be fantastic i i don't care about frank castle like i don't care about the punisher but i i would love to see daredevil return especially i also just really enjoyed charlie cox as an actor i I thought he brought a lot to the to the role the the rumor is that we may be seeing the punisher in the next couple years too and it won't be the same punisher but they want what's his name from the netflix show to continue being punisher when they if they introduce him in the mcu Mm. which i was like that's fine he was fine as punisher like, like I got no complaints about his acting. Like he did fine. I just find him that I find him the same in everything he's in. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I, don't, I mean, yep, again, I like better actor than I am, but I, I don't find that he really has a lot of depth. Range. No range. No. Yeah. Range is a, is a good, is a good way to put it. Um, at any rate, uh, I was, uh, happy to be right about John Walker, but also really mad about the blood on the shield. Like I it's, it really, they are doing a fantastic job with John Walker and making my skin crawl and making me imagine Steve Rogers turning over in his grave. Even if, if yeah. he's, even if he's dead, he's, he might be still alive <laughs> somewhere. Yeah. Uh, you know, like, I just, um, Oh man. Uh, what's it called? The actor that's playing him. Um, Oh, I, uh, I'm, uh, I don't have, I wasn't planning on going this in depth. I forget. I don't have the IMDb. It's open. Kurt Russell's son, uh, Wyatt Russell. Is that who it is? That is, that's who's playing John Walker. I knew, I knew his first name was Wyatt, but I didn't realize it was. Kurt it's Russell's Kurt Russell's son. son. Wow. And, um, and when you see him without the mat, without the helmet on, you can definitely see the resemblance to his dad. Oh, for sure. And, and here's a, here's a funny, um, parallel. Um, the, supremacy the um the stuff that zemo says in episode four about um super soldier and and uh, what's the word that he uses um the um the supremacist ideals yeah and then to have kurt russell who played star lord's god father planet yeah (laughs) who also has an ego complex like i just the parallels are very very funny to me now that i know that (laughs) yeah and 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 you know he's uh, he's been interviewed recently where they they're like so how's it feel to be the most hated man in the mcu and he's like it's fine it's fun (laughs) i enjoy the memes yeah yeah speaking of memes have you seen the photo of him in the captain america helmet and then the guy from up the old man yes in the the helmet like it is yes priceless absolutely priceless um, I also really enjoyed the scene where, uh, John Walker got his ass handed to him by the Wakandans. That was, yep. fun- that was what everybody wanted to happen. Right. Yep. When, yeah. when, when he says to the, the, says to that lady, you don't have any rights to be here. And she's like, I'm with the Wakandan blah, blah, blah. Uh, 
I have the right to be wherever I want to be. My Erica looked over at me and was like, oh, she's going to beat the crap out of him. <laughs> yeah. And John Walker in the comics, uh, I won't go too in depth, but he's not a bad guy, but he's very, the ends justify the means and mm. I do whatever the government tells me to do. He's the Captain America they wheel out whenever Captain America tells the government they're wrong. Right. I really want to point people towards uh, Straw Hat Goofy on TikTok uh, and probably Instagram as well because the, the stuff would be everywhere. Uh, but they are doing a phenomenal job of pointing out the social political undertones of the Winter Soldier in a real way, in a way that makes a lot of sense. He's so well-spoken, so well-versed in comics. Like I just, I really want to turn people towards his content. He's also funny. You know, when, when, when things are light and need to be, you know, joked about, then he's also funny. I'm really into the winter soldier. I'm, I'm glad to see a series that's concise, you know, like it's six episodes. There's no filler that I can find. Like it is every episode you get something that moves the story forward. Yep. Uh, I, when, when they did, when Disney did their, uh, like, Thing for stockholders and they had feige do like a presentation he referred to uh falcon and the winter soldier as a six-hour movie where every episode is a chapter in the movie so you're gonna get an action scene you're gonna get a plot development and you might get another action scene mm. the other thing that i have been watching is invincible on prime video and uh i will have to tip my hat to steven esc who mentioned that they were going to be watching this as something to to talk about on the show coming up but i can't hold my two cents to myself having seen the first three episodes of this uh, yeah so i've seen about the first two and a half okay so spoiler warning for people that have not seen it if you're gonna watch it you might want to go watch it and form your own opinion and come back to this because uh, there's no way to talk about this and not spoil it because of the events that happened in the i think the first episode um yeah and I will say 100%, 1,000%, this is not for kids. They make it clear in the description, but it's got an 18 plus rating. It might not even be for some adults. Like I'm talking, if you're not 25 to 28, you probably, like I'm, I would not show this to my high school age kid, right? I, right. I don't think that I would feel comfortable with that. Um, I guess every, every parent is different. Every kid is different, but I just, I don't feel like it, hits the right notes for those kind of that that kind of content to be processed correctly again tell me i'm wrong the citadel cafe at gmail.com um it feels like a frat boy made a cartoon it it smacks of because we can not because it's important to the story how do you right. feel about it so far i i i would agree uh honestly my my biggest gripe is after all the Walking Dead that I watch, I'm not really a fan of Robert Kirkman anymore. Yeah. I can spot Kirkman's mentality about a mile away, and a lot of his stories tend to do the same arc, and they tend to tell a story that somebody else has already told, except instead of just telling the story, it seems to be, how can we make it more extreme? Yes. And they, I think there's other other writers that do it better. Uh, I think Garth Ennis does it better. I think Preacher, and then uh, uh, he did an, he did another one. I think he did. The, he's the one that did the Boys. I think the Boys does this better. I stopped watching the Boys, probably for the same reason that I would thought I would have stopped watching Invincible. But Invincible might get a slide for me just because it's animated. Yeah, and maybe that's why. I don't know. Um, I and I've talked about the boys with Brockett on the show, and I'm not a fan of anti-hero stuff. I'm not a fan of superheroes behaving badly. Like I just, it's not a theme that I want to explore. I appreciate that it exists. I appreciate that there's authors and creators out there that ask these questions. Um, I did read at least one Invincible comic, but it was so long ago that I forget what was in it. I don't remember it being this violent, though. Uh, I feel like because the cartoon is so violent that the comic must be because it is. It, yeah. Cause it, it does. And I know some creators that, that I follow online that are like, you know, comic strip artists or whatever, but they're also, they enjoy comics and they enjoy the comic world and they would rave about invincible back in the day. Uh, and I don't see the appeal. Um, the, 
I wasn't expecting it. I wasn't paying attention, but because it was a cartoon, because it looks like all those old Justice League cartoons and, you know, the, the new Justice League stuff that you see on Netflix and whatnot. Um, I was expecting it to be half an hour shows, but they're not. They're 45 minutes, uh, yeah. give or take. And so at the end of the first episode, again, giant spoiler, when Omni-Man, Invincible's dad, murders the Guardians of the Globe violently, uh, it was a twist I was not expecting. Oh, see, I had uh, uh, I had seen a trailer for this. Oh, yeah. See, I saw and nothing. In the trailer, it, it portrays Omni-Man as this huge hero. And then there's this line of dialogue he says in the trailer to Invincible, where he's like, I did what I had to do. And the way it came across, I was like, oh, they're going to do the Omni-Man's a bad guy thing. And I don't know the story of Invincible, so I didn't know if this was from the comic book or not. So at the end of the episode, when he kills them all, I went, oh, we're doing the dark Superman thing. Okay. And this is what I got from it, right? Like immediately you draw all of the parallels where, like you said, you know, Kirkman is is telling a story that has been told before. And yeah, as interesting as some of it is, and again, I can't, I can't call it uncompelling because i'm still watching i'm going to watch episodes five and six like four five and six like i i'm i'm not necessarily enjoying it but i need to find out how it ends um because i see the parallels i understand that because of some of the jokes that are made early on that it's got a a heavy satire glove to it right so the fact that the guardians of the globe are an unimaginative ripoff of the justice league like they don't even try uh to pretend that that's not batman martian manhunter wonder woman green lantern like i mean it is a shots fired you know lineup of ripoff superheroes yeah uh and omni-man of course being the the superman ask the the superhuman from another planet kind of trope um same thing like it's it's just it's that thing where it's just so difficult to make me respect the content when you're going out of your way to make it more grotesque, more violent than it needs to be and jab at the whole ideas of superheroes. Like the whole thing behind the Omni-Man murdering the Guardians of the Globe thing is supposed to like make you uneasy. It's supposed to make you uncertain how you are supposed to feel about heroes or super powered people in general uh, in in this particular world. And I don't know from reading the comics, but the Wikipedia page for Invincible says like one of the undertones of the entire story is is that, um, or the, the themes that are being explored are the prices that the heroes have to pay in order to be the hero and have these powers. So if instead of great power comes great responsibility and invincible, it's with great power comes great sacrifices, essentially the, yeah. the thing that I'm getting from it. Um, but I, I don't know whether it's because it's a cartoon. Um, I mean, they swear. I mean, there's incredible violence. They make jokes about masturbation that are not needed. Like there's a lot of it that just smacks of lazy writing I yeah it just doesn't sit right with me and I'm still watching for some reason. Oh trust me I, I mean I'm I'm going on to season 11 of The Walking Dead on AMC. <laughs> uh, Kirkman I think Kirkman he writes for mass market. Yeah. Yeah. I can't say I haven't enjoyed my time with The Walking Dead. I I I mean I have to watch it every week for my show. For Zam, it, it it it's just it's just a way of life for me now, but I don't enjoy it like I used to. And the more of it I watch, the more I see lo- Kirkman's lazy ideas. I mean, um, the first episode of The Walking Dead, we have our hero wake up in a hospital bed, in and not know why he's in a hospital. Uh, he suffered an injury. He's been in a in in a in a in a coma. And then he has to escape the hospital and try and figure out what's going on in the world and why there's zombies. Well, if you've ever seen the movie 28 Days Later, it has almost scene for scene the exact same opening. Shot for shot. But Kirkman says, I never saw that movie before I wrote the comic. And I'm like, bullshit. Yeah. Bullshit. And then there's other things that he does later on 
where have you in 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 the walking dead uh where if you've seen other movies you go oh he borrowed that idea from such and such a thing kirkman's not a bad writer i just find he steals too many ideas from other things and he's not that creative yeah and i guess that's what it is that i i'm watching the show and there are some new things so adam eve seems like a cool character um and i'll say right now that I think one of the reasons I'm watching it and, and, and that it holds a note with me is that Invincible, the character Mark Grayson, voiced by Steve Yoon actually, uh, is very likable and serves so far as a moral compass. So the shit that goes down in this cartoon that you're like, oh my God, he has the same reaction. He is appalled by it. Uh, yeah. He is uncomfortable with it. He gets, he almost has like PTSD with his first like superhero outing where aliens arrive and start shooting and like people are vaporizing or, or their guts are spilling out. And he's just like, this is not what I signed up for. I was supposed to punch bad guys and put them in jail. Like he wasn't yeah. expecting that kind of violence. And, and neither was I again, going into the cartoon blind, having never read the comic. And um, I also find the character design for for Invincible um, rather appealing as much as it is on the nose. Like he's a giant eye <laughs> yeah. in his costume. I just, I, I like it. I like the goggles. Uh, they make him feel friendly. You know, like there's just, there's an awful lot about the design of the character, the acting from Steve Yoon. Uh, all of it just comes very, very appealing. Um, I don't love the fact that Mark Grayson like Dick Grayson. I don't know why like they feel the need to be so obvious with stuff because their names have been around for so long that everybody's so familiar with. You cannot help but make the associations. And I get that there are those undertones of like, well, we're comparing it to the major superhero cape and cowl kind of comics, but like at least try to be inventive. Like if you, you could still have all the exact same like, commentaries without borrowing and stealing names and and you know things from other comics like the guardians of the globe you could just as easily make any number of five superheroes a team and it would still have parallels to the justice league but you don't have to be right. so unimagined about the freaking the characters i enjoy some of the social interactions with grayson and um the two girls that he's interested in there's adam eve who's played by jillian jacobs and then you've got I think it's Amber Bennett is the other girl. Uh, Zazie Beats is voice actor for her. Yeah. Um, and so one is a super powered individual, um, Adam Eve. Uh, and then the other one is just uh, another girl at school. Uh, and uh, she's not a pushover either though. Like there's a bully that's picking on Grayson before he gets his powers and she kicks him in the nuts. Like, th so yeah. it's, it, there's no, so far there's no damsels in distress, which is nice. I'm so I'm glad they're not doing that trope. Uh, but yeah, like it just, it seems to be so all over the map and to get past the story and just go back to the visuals, given that it's Amazon prime, it should look way better than it does as an animator. There is some phoned in shit in this show. That was a big takeaway for me too. Oh my God. Like, are you sliding this character around the screen and making their hair move and calling it flying? Like it is rough. And then, uh, and I didn't know this was a feature of Amazon uh, or of Prime Video. It's cool for me because when you pause the show, it pops up little headshots of all the actors that are in it. Yep. Really good for animation because you're just like, who the hell is that? And you pause it, you're like, oh, <laughs> like I know who that person is or I know where I've seen them from or whatever. Amazon calls that their x-ray. Right. Well, the downside of the x-ray is become, it becomes very apparent where all the money went. And I'm not complaining about the voice acting because it's phenomenal. Steve Yoon, Sandra Oh, J.K. Simmons, Gray Griffin, Walton Goggins, Jillian Jacobs, uh, uh, Zachary Quinto. John Hamm. John Hamm, Clancy Brown, Seth Rogen. Like, I mean, like all your money went to pay Hollywood and not the artists yeah. that are drawing the show because it looks like ass half the time. Now, there are other moments where it's really cool. There's some great moments with like sonic booms and and Invincible doing some cool stuff. And there's some fight scenes that are really good, well done. And they do feel like those Saturday morning, like Justice League things that have cool moments. But most of the time, it's just like, even the character design is just like, really? This is what you came up with for like this? 
I mean, I get some of it. They have to kind of stick to the comics. Like when the monster girl turns into a giant goblin like character, it looks like a cross between green goblin and the Hulk and some awkward social commentary there too. Like she reveals, I think it's in this last episode where the, the, the robot wants to have multiple training sessions a day. And this monster girl says, I can't do that. Every time I transform into this monster to fight and save the day, I get younger. I'm actually 28 and she looks like she's 13 in the the, the illustration. And then she goes on to talk about like, try having a long lasting or a real relationship with somebody when you look like this. So she's got the mind and, and, and personality of a 28 year old, the body of a 13 year old. And she's complaining about the men that are interested in her are either 14 or pedophiles. And like, it's just awkward. Like this is shit. I don't want to think about when I'm watching a cartoon about superheroes and it's, it just all feels so forced. Like, Every character in it just seems to have this either chip on their shoulder or twisted uncomfortableness to them. And I don't know whether to say, good job, you're doing what you set out to do or mess off. This is not what I want from this kind of entertainment. Now, again, because of uh, Invincible, the character, uh, Mark Grayson, and because of, I guess, the the giant like Omni Man murders everybody in the first episode, which I thought was episode two. I just thought I was not paying attention and didn't see Amazon like start to play the next one. Uh, but because of that event, now I want to know how they catch him. Like I I'm on board to try to figure out. I want to be around for that moment where Invincible figures out that Omni Man killed everybody. Like that's yeah that's what I want to be around for because I'm I'm invested enough in in Invincible as a character to want to know his reaction. Is it going to be the same as mine? Right? Like, is he going to be like, this is fucked up. Right. You know, and, and I'm hoping that he is, uh, but man, like it is, it's, it's one, it's like, I don't want to recommend the show, but at the same time, it's what I'm watching and I'm looking forward to sitting down and seeing where it goes. Isn't that weird? It is weird. It, 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 but it also goes to tell you how much content we don't have right now. Uh, Fair. I'm used I'm used to Netflix updating every week and there being at least one new show or new movie showing up on Netflix that I want and or Amazon once a week is updating with something and honestly there's kind of a lull right now where there isn't anything coming out I want to see. Yeah, I what was I watching on Amazon? I tried to watch the new Pacific Rim cartoon. That that's Netflix. You're right. Netflix the giant, the Pacific Rim Black, I think it's called, or Black Shadow, yep. or Black something. Anyway, uh, not terrible, but I just I'm in the mood for more uh, art animation. I want something that's well crafted. I think is what I'm in the mood for, and I'm getting a lot of phoning it in. Um, I enjoyed Dota Dragon's Blood. Uh, there's there's some scenes in that where my jaw dropped in terms of like watching the animation fight thing, despite how violent it was. I just look at that like this is a 360 degree camera move of two characters doing hand to hand combat with like a sword and a bow. I am losing my mind uh, how hard that was to do, you know, and mm-hmm. it looks great. Um, but then you go and you watch something like Pacific Rim Black and it's this terrible CG robotic. Their mouths barely move when they speak like it's. It's hard to watch. Uh, mm-hmm. Everything is tropey. Like it just, and and the first 20 minutes, like enough happens to these characters. It's almost like a season and a half an hour to try and set up the show. And so yeah. that, that I find hard to, to get into. And I tried watching a couple of other things too, and they just weren't visually appealing, but, but yeah, I hear you. Like the, I'm not seeing a lot of new things and what I do see it's all dark. Yeah. That's been my gripe is I don't mind dark, but everything seems to be dark. And then the next show that comes out is like, yeah, you know that show that came out three weeks ago that's dark? We're darker. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. I don't, like, I don't need, reality's hit me, hitting everybody in the face right now. I don't need reality hit me in the face some more. I think that's it. I'm looking for some escapism. And I, as much as I like the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and I do get that escape, like, I'm really, I'm jonesing for... I'm looking for a good Superman or something. I'm you know? honestly very excited for Loki. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Have you seen the new trailer? I have. Yeah. 
it looks like it's going to at least be fun. It's not going to take itself super serious, I don't think. I think one of the things, especially with Tom Hiddleston specifically, uh, it feels like theater. You know, like it, it yeah. feels like the stage is set and you're in for a ride. Uh, and I, I think anything with Owen Wilson in it can't take itself too seriously anyway. Right. <laughs> but yes, no, I'm looking forward to it. it. It does look really, really good. And I, so far as, as verbose as Loki is, uh, what I'm enjoying so much about the trailer are all the, like the, the nonverbal reactions that he's having yeah. to things. Like even he's looking at people going, what the hell? <laughs> like it just, uh-huh. it's going to be weird, but probably in a in a good way again i'm hoping just like the winter soldier and because marvel and disney have good writers like i i feel like they're just not going to smack you over the head with everything all at once much like wandavision and falcon the winter soldier i think you're going to get breadcrumbs which is what they want because they want people watching week to week right right that's the other thing i wish i wish we would i I wish that i'm getting tired of the week to week stuff I just want it to all come out at once. Mm, I I can flip flop on this. And on Invincible, there are five or six episodes available, but it is being released weekly. But I've not binged it. I don't think I can. I think it's too intense. No, there's no reason I've only watched two and a half episodes. Is I had it I had it going while I was working and I was watching it off to the right the, while I'm working and I was following it and then middle of the third episode, I was like, yeah, this is too dark and I it requires too much attention. I'm not going to finish this right now. And then I, I don't mind that the Falcon and the Winter Soldier is, is week to week. Like I, I look forward to my Friday morning breakfast. Show. I would agree with you. Uh, WandaVision. My only gripe with WandaVision is I felt like they could have condensed some of those episodes into two episodes instead of one episode. Like the 30 minutes would be like at hit the 35 minute mark and it would end an episode. And I'd be like, wait, what? It's over already. I feel like it just started rolling. Mm-hmm. Whereas I feel with Falcon and the Winter Soldier, they're all about an hour long. And by the end of the hour, I feel like, okay, I got what I got. I got what I came here for. Yeah. They've taken you on that path. Like you finished like, well, like Foggy says, you know, you finished the arc for that that six right. of the movie, like you finished act four, act five, whatever it is, you, however you want to call it. Like you, you're done that particular segment sequence. I, I, I'm pretty sure I have to give credit to Alistair for this. Uh, I believe he's either mentioned it on the show or certainly to me or in the discord. Uh, but you have the ability when you have a show going week to week to have that water cooler talk. Yeah. Whether it's online, whether it's nerds, whether you know, whether it's a geeky show or or another show or pop culture reality, whatever it is, if it's coming out week to week, you have the ability to talk and speculate about where it's going, uh, and that creates a subculture around it. And I think shows do better and get more traction when they do this. Uh, I think for a little while we were all spoiled with the fact that you can go down and sit and watch and and binge like all twelve episodes of you know, said so the latest Netflix thing, um, for example, Stranger Things. But I find that stressful sometimes when it's a show like Stranger Things or like the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, where there's big reveals, big moments in a, in a world in the fandom that you're invested in. There's this huge amount of pressure to either one, watch it all at once, or two, you have to stay off the internet or your normal haunts until you are finished it, because otherwise you're going to get spoiled because there are people that just do nothing but watch it and then start spoiling everything online. And it's just the nature of, of a lot of online culture right now. And one thing I like about the Falcon and the Winter Soldier is everybody's on the same plate. Everybody's on the same page. Like, I mean, sure. I have to pretend like I have to be careful not to get into like, um, uh, John Walker storyline spoilers as people speculate as to what might happen next because they've read the comics or because they know the character from the comic books. So, I mean, sure, but that's easier to avoid than people having already watched the Disney show, knowing exactly how it ends, you know? Yeah. Um, and I, yeah, I feel like there's less pressure. Now that said, there are some things that I've enjoyed watching straight through, like watching, being able to watch Transformers on Netflix when they're all there, like that kind of stuff is, is, is easier. I prefer that as well with, um, uh, like wizards and troll hunters and like the, some yep. of the, the, the DreamWorks stuff that's out there. I find, but those are less like, there is less of a, of a through arc. Like they tend to be a little bit more episodic. Yep. 
and that might be why it's easier to do that. Um, but I don't know. Like I just, I feel like I'm getting better and, and feel more comfortable with the week to week release of streaming stuff. I think maybe it's just, it's that it's the inner, it's the fact that the internet is involved, the circles that I run in and the fact that I have to work online and research and podcast and talk about this kind of stuff. I like the fact that I can do that and not get spoiled. Yep. Moving on into the internet minute, which is of course brought to you by you. The Citadel Cafe is 100% listener supported. If you're getting value out of the show, please consider putting a little bit of value back in. Become a member at patreon.com slash the Citadel Cafe. Joining at any level will get you an invite to the member only Discord server. There are multiple levels with different rewards like Discord roles and even access to bonus episodes like the one that Steven and I recorded just last week. Patron count is currently at 22. That is staying steady from the week previous. And I always like to have the goal of adding one more patron per month. So if you'd like to be 23, check out patreon.com slash the Citadel Cafe. Get access to that Discord. Come hang with us and talk about geeky stuff all week long. I think you will have a blast. Lou, what's your pick this week? I'd like to just throw one thing out there. If you're looking for something indie and really new to play on Steam... Check out a game called Trials of Fire. Uh, if eh, In a pandemic, I love to play board games, but getting together with people is not always easy. Trials of Fire plays like a single-player board game. Oh, neat. Uh, it's, it, it, you, you, you start out with three heroes. Uh, you, there's a, a, a random creator quest where it creates a quest for your heroes, and you go on an adventure. They usually take somewhere between an hour... Or if you pick a specific quest going after a specific item, it can take like three or four hours of gameplay to complete the quest. And then at the end of the quest, your heroes level up, you get access to some new stuff, and then you can maybe go on another quest again. And it's very like it's very throwaway board gamey style kind of gameplay. Except that you're building up your characters so the next time you go on an adventure, it might be easier or it might be harder. And it, it's very, uh, the, the idea is supposed to be that the, it's a fantasy world that's had like a cataclysm. So the world is in disarray and you're wandering around trying to bring light to the world. That sounds like a fun premise for, for a single player game. And all the heroes play very different from one another. I think there's nine heroes. You start out with three and I've unlocked three more. And each one is very different. And the first three you get are very generic. There's a fighter, uh, uh, an archer, and a wizard. And then next thing you know, you're unlocking... I unlocked a warlord, a witch, and and an alchemist. And they all play very different than the three you start with. And uh, there's three more I have not unlocked. Uh, I've it, 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 For me, it's fun because I sit in the living room on my laptop and play this. So I can watch TV with Erica, and it's turn-based. So I can get up... I can go f- go make dinner and leave my game running and then come back. Or if the baby's crying down the hall, I can get up, go take care of the baby, come back to my game, and it, it, it's very it's very there's no there's no stress. Turn based stuff has that advantage. Uh, yeah. I I haven't played it yet, but I I did bookmark. Uh, I think it was Battle Chasers or Battle Crashers. Yep. On on Xbox, um, for that reason, like sometimes I just. I'm tired of like pausing the game to get up to get a cup of coffee or whatever and just wanting to make sure I don't die or whatever that happens to be. And it'd be nice to have a game like that, especially if there's any kind of decisions to be made um, that might be good for couch co-op, you know, like having two people yep. there making story decisions. And as long as there's not stuff jumping out trying to shoot you, you can kind of hang there and discuss what's going to happen next, uh, which yep. is always nice. And and this game, uh, the one of the things that it sold me on it, and it's the reason I actually even bought the game, was I had a friend who picked it up and he was like, yeah, this is what you need to buy next. And I was like, okay, why is that? Uh, every character, instead of having like, like when it's turn-based, all your decisions are made via cards. So the hero starts out with like two movement cards, four attack cards, two generic cards, and you start with eight cards. And then all their equipment, like if you equip them with a sword, the sword adds another card to the deck. The armor you give them adds another card to the deck or three cards to the deck. And as things get progress, you're at, you're constantly changing your deck because you're being like, oh, yeah, that armor, I got better armor that's got better armor cards. So take away that armor. And it, the whole deck is you end up with like 14 cards in your deck, 15 cards in your deck, and some of them will move you. Some of them will do this. And you can use and sacrifice cards that you don't want to use this turn to move, or you can use the cards to earn points to attack with a, a 
different things. It's it's a, it's like a collectible card game slash tabletop board game. It's very it's very unique in what it does. And you said that was on Steam. It's on Steam. Just came out of early access. I'd never heard of it until like last week. Well, that wraps up this episode of the Citadel Cafe. You can get more information about the show and links to some of the things that we talked about at thecitadelcafe.com. Music for the show was composed by Kevin McLeod. You can email us at thecitadelcafe at gmail.com or find the show by name on Twitter. Subscribe for free on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Spotify. We're even on YouTube. Just tell a friend about the Citadel Cafe and where they can go to listen to it. My name is Joel Duggan. You can find everything I'm doing online, including my illustration and design portfolio at joelduggan.com. You can check out my other podcasts all about Minecraft at thespawnchunks.com. And you can follow me on social media at Joel Duggan. And of course, I'll point you towards twitch.tv slash Joel Duggan, where I am streaming a lot of Minecraft and probably some satisfactory. Lou, where can people find you online? Easiest place to find me is under the name Busy Zombie Lord on all the social media that matters. And you can check out my show, uh, Zombies Ate My Podcast, where this week we're going to talk about some Walking Dead news, but we are also going to talk about Zack Snyder's Army of the Dead that's coming in May. Dude, thank you so much for being here and being such a big part of the Citadel Cafe. Uh, I cannot express to you, the listeners, patrons, everybody that just pays attention to this show. It's a passion project. It's something I started just talking with my buddies, Peyton and Chad, almost 10 years ago. And... I'm just excited I still get to do it every single week. I'll be here. Uh, It's one of the highlights of my month. You've been listening to the Citadel Cafe, where we are fast, easy, and cheap. But you can only pick two. 